Welcome to the mikvah.org podcast. The mikvah organization has been dedicated to the education and resources for Jewish family life since 1975-5735. You can support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. Thank you for your support and enjoy today's recording. Have you been enjoying our mikvah.org podcast? We invite you to dedicate an upcoming episode in honor of a loved one. Please reach out to podcast at mikvah.org. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the up episode of the Meet the Kala Teachers Akel series. So today I would like to introduce our three teachers. We have with us Mrs. Tahila Cohen. Mrs. Debrothy Pink and Mrs. Michal Weiss. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your very busy and hectic summer schedules to be here with us. So let's jump right in with the question number one. Can you all tell us a little bit about yourself? We'll start, we'll go in alphabetical order, so we'll start with Tahila. Hey, hello. Hi, everybody. So honored to be here. Uh, my name is Tehila Khanna Cohen. I usually go by both names. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm originally from Eltisoil currently living in Buffalo, New York. And um, I started teaching Tarsa Mishpacha around 22, 23 years ago when I was two years married, maybe. Um, uh, and really that was the beginning of uh, my involvement in all of the, in uh, many other aspects of Habais uh, Yehudi, like uh, marriage counseling, uh, so-called doula, uh, and uh, in the last few years, I was a mikveh attendant um, wow. here in Buffalo. Wow, thank you. Okay, Debrashi. Hi. Um, okay, so I um, grew up in London um, in a big Chabad community, and after we got married, we went to Kodal, then we moved back to London while we were looking for Schlechus. Um, there have been, I live in Leeds, um, England, and there have been Schlechus in Leeds since 1974. And they brought us to Leeds um, almost 16 years ago to focus on education, specifically adult education. Um, so that's kind of where our journey started. Um, we, have seven children, Hanahara, ranging in age from 18 to four. Um, and unfortunately, I was in a car accident nine years ago, um, oh which left me with limited use of my left arm. But Baruch Hashem, um, we've continued in our shlichas. Um, I was actually, the summer it happened, I was teaching two colors at the time and even managed to take one of them to mikveh went to both oh weddings, um, wow. but uh, sometimes I just need a bit more help to do things, but Baruch Hashem, you know, managed to continue in Ashlechus, um, and the Taras Mishbacha thing started off with my Jewish women's circle side, I, I started off a Jewish women's circle um, about a year after we moved here, and then um, I became even more involved um, once we started doing young professional work. Beautiful, thank you. Okay, Michal. Okay, I'm Michal Weiss, and I live in Crown Heights with my husband and five children, Kanai Nahara. Um, 
we really always wanted to go on shluchas, and the Rebbe found our shluchas here in Crown Heights, which is a bit of a shock after our first day when we decided, not decided, we both agreed we didn't want to live in Crown Heights. So <laughs> I say everybody, everyone has Messrs. Nefesh in their shluchas, so <laughs> even Crown Heights has a something there. Um, so I'm the founder, and together with my husband, we are the co-directors of an organization called Living Chassidus, um, which is a Chabad house-style program for single and newly married ladies in Crown Heights. Um, we provide them with learning, community, support, and our goal is to help them transition from learning Chassidus throughout you know, their schooling time period to actually living Chassidus now that they have to face um, what they kind of feel it's like real life challenges. Um, so we provide them with a community atmosphere and personal support. We have regular classes, social events. We help with Shaduchim. Um, we help them by setting up their Shabbos meals. And we have a soup gemach even for whenever one of our members is sick, one of our volunteers comes and delivers some soup. Um, and we just, we're constantly running programming and doing good things for them, Baruch Hashem. And in addition to being a Kal teacher, I'm also a doula and a life coach. So, wow. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so let's continue. I motivated you to become a Tara Samashbacha teacher. And we'll go in the same order. Okay, so I'll start with my Kala teacher, Mrs. Lichtstein from Yerushalayim, who just learning by her and seeing her shining eyes when she taught me about about the whole um, about Talsa Mishpocha, and I can I can say that I was a very naive, tmimastika kind of girl, and the way she was able to bring everything across in such a tzniyastika but with open open way, was uh, really really inspired me, and that's why around while still living still living in Yerushalayim, my husband was still in Koilel, Um a friend of mine who also was a young couple moved moved back into to, to Shlichus in Yerushalayim in one of the one of the neighborhoods of Yerushalayim, and she wanted to start uh, she wanted to start a Tarasa Mishpocha um, session, and when she reached out to all of the esteemed Kala teachers around, no one had time. So she called me and she said, look, I even already announced it. Can you please come? And I first said, oh, <laughs> but then I called Mrs. Lichtstein and I told her, look, this is what uh, Aluma is asking for me. And please come uh, tell, should I, can I, and something like this. And she said, go for it. And if you have any questions, I'm always here. And, uh, and that's what happened. And I'm, I'm in there since. Then afterwards, we ourselves, we moved into Shlichus first in Eltisorm, someplace in Netanya. And while I was busy with all of the women, also I was teaching Tarns and Mishpocha quite often. And I realized that I need, uh, that I would like to do it already professionally, if, if already. So I want to go and get a good, a good edu education. And I went to learn to be a college teacher in Mahon Sofia. And that's the, the Chabad organization of Tarzan Mishpocha in, in Eretz And I became certified over there and had some more calls through the years, some, some um, 
I started out with the ones that came the, that I that started to get closer to Yiddishkeit by us, something like this. So then I, I taught them. And then afterwards, also some from the Chabad community. Uh, and then uh, when we moved here into Buffalo 10 years ago, and then afterwards, uh, a need for really the truth is like this there was a color who needed to. to a color from the community that uh, her mother was in one of my um, reviews that I was doing over here. And then she realized, she said, you know what, instead of her traveling to Crown Heights back and forth the whole time, would you mind doing it? And then when the when we arrived to the Hasana, they called me, hey, uh, the Rabbanim in Crown Heights are doing Sidor uh, Kiddushin only to the certified color teachers of, uh, of Mikvah.org. So then the shluch over here, um, Mrs. Khani Gorari, she helped me with the funding and I also did a course of uh, Mikvah.org, which I'm very happy. It's always, always good to renew everything and to see also to learn about the current situation of the, of our gen of the new generation. And I'm very, very happy that I really certified through them also. Wow, thank you. Okay, Deborah Shee. I think like my original inspiration comes from when I was a single girl um, living back in London. My great aunt, who is um, a veteran car teacher, Naomi Futafas, um, mm -hmm. she used to put on a big Taras Mishbacha inspirational event every year for the community. It wasn't, it wasn't just like I from what I remember, it was like the from women would come and then like shlachais from different areas would bring, would come and bring mukarabim. Um, and it was like really beautiful event, decor and food. And she would bring like one of the top, you know, Taras Mishbacha speakers. I remember Esther Bukowski coming. I remember Rifka Slanim coming. Um, and she, and this is going back over 20 years, she insisted that the single girls should also come to these events. Mm. Um, so that was my original inspiration. And then um, a few years after we moved here, we started, moved on Shechas, we started doing work with young professionals about 13 years ago. Um, and as we got closer to people, they kind of wanted, you know, they wanted us to teach them um it was a very scary step um and and but with the encouragement and guidance of other shluchais um my sister-in-law sent me her notes and um, I started teaching then at some point I did taught the Rosh Society soulmates course so that mm. really gave me a lot of like a lot more taichen a lot more background a lot more um, so I used that to teach a lot. And then when I saw this course, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to do this. I thought the COVID year would be the perfect year because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to be doing much else, obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I did it then and it, it was amazing. I loved every minute of it. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's that's kind of my inspiration. Um, there was also like, like I was saying before, like we started to get to know when we started young professional work. We started to get to know people, and there were you know 
the way it works here, possibly in the whole of England, but definitely here, the rabbi that's marrying you is his wife is the one that teaches you generally um, um. the mikvah. And with some, not with everybody, but with some people, it's quite minimal. And so I would be talking to people and they would have, you know, major misconceptions or they just wanted more or they felt more comfortable with me. So kind of that's how I was inspired to take the step to start okay. teaching. Okay. Wow, thank you. Okay, Michal. Okay, so I joke that in the same way as sixth grade teachers go to a lot of bas mitzvahs, as running Lemich Siddis, we inevitably went to a lot of weddings. And <laughs> yeah, through, <laughs> yeah, Baruch Hashem, um, through our last Baruch Hashem, 10 years of doing our, Lemich, our work with Lemich Siddis, we've had uh, a nice amount of kalas. And I've had the great schos of helping them throughout their engagement and to you know, I would always coach them to find the right college teacher and I was help. you know, I, I'm always very involved in that engagement period. And I, I realized that this was just like the logical next step in our shlichus to, for me to be a college teacher. Um, I actually messaged, uh, uh, this is before mikvah.org had their program. So I messaged a senior college teacher and I asked her, do you mind, can you please um, train me in? And lo and behold, I think that was one of the steps in the snowball effect that led to a few months later, I think it was two months later, mikvah.org launched their mm -hmm. um, flagship college teacher training program. And I was one of the pioneers, <laughs> as we call it. <laughs> um, I also find it a, a bit ironic that I became a college teacher because in the beginning of my marriage, I... I wouldn't say it was like my favorite mitzvah. <laughs> um, it was, I'm just being honest because I, I want yeah. people to know that even yeah. if this isn't your, this wasn't your flavor from the beginning, you could also end up becoming a college teacher. Never say never. Um, <laughs> so I, it was, it was really inspiring that Hashem gave me the clarity that this is the next logical step. And it's honestly one of the greatest accomplishments I've done in my life. I think the training I don't know how much it's changed over the last, I think it's five years since I took it, um, but it was definitely very rigorous. And it, it prepared us in so many ways that more than, it was way more than I ever expected. I thought I would be learning halacha and hashkafa and the, the skills that I've gained from this training have, you know, benefited me and my shlichas and my girls and even my own personal life in, in so many ways I can't even, yeah, fathom. Um, and I have to also give a big shout out to the Living Chassidus members at the time because it it's not a simple undertaking. And not only did they support me um, with a lot of love and a lot of you know you know pushing me through, but they also, in honor of my birthday, they sponsored they gathered together and they sponsored the feed for the course. So they oh, really get so nice. Wow. Yeah, they get a big a big credit to that. Um, and through that, I was I've been able to teach a lot of kalas over the last several years. So Baruch Hashem. Wow, beautiful. Okay, thank you. Okay, so what kind of clients do you service, and do you have any specialty? Okay, so before I go into this question, just uh, Michal. Uh, inspired me, like brought up another point that I think that it's important also to say um, that 
um, I feel like many, just to know that the difficulties are the ones that afterwards become the springboard. Okay, the challenges that you have, instead of pushing them down, you down, they really can afterwards broaden everything. And mm -hmm. the challenges that we had personally in our, in, in the beginning of the marriage, when I was two years, two, two and a half years married, I felt I have so much experience already. You know what? Let's go ahead and, and be able to and give it over also. So yes, never, like, like you say, never say never. Use, use what, you, what Hashem gives you as an opportunity to grow. And like the Rebbe always teaches us, the growing is not only personally, it's always also outwards. And to, to, to make the world, to give the world what the world needs to make it as a, the Mishkan of Hashem. Okay, so that's... Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Me, Michal, just bringing up this uh, point again. Um, so my, my, my main teaching is to women. Um, like, I, I, like I said, I, I did the, I, I, with so many years, so then I do have quite some colors that I taught, that I taught already, but it's like every, every now and then. I mainly, I mainly, I'm I reviews, reviews, Tarsa Mishpocha classes and whatever to, to the women many a lot of reach out also from women just with questions and mm. guiding them and helping them to ask the rob the way the right way and, and whatever making sure that they put all the details in um now when i'm a color um when i'm a mikvah attendant so also before mikvah after mikvah all kind of uh these kind of uh questions that come up um i do have both hebrew and english so being able to teach in both languages, this is also something that I guess has something special about my teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Debrashi. Um, okay, so I mentioned before that we do a lot of work with young professionals. So the colors that I usually teach are mostly, well, all not yet from um, local girls. So um, usually they'll come to me even though my husband can't marry them because of the sort of the, the way things work in England. Um, they'll come to me because they have a relationship with me and they kind of want to learn with someone that they feel comfortable with. Or sometimes it'll be girls who are getting married. They'll have they're having a destination wedding, Israel or whatever. So they need to find someone local to learn with. And um I was going to say something else, but I can't remember what I was going to say. Um, yeah, so the, 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 those are the kinds of girls that I usually learn with. Um, I have had some girls that I taught, some colors that I taught, and some that I didn't teach, but just have a relationship with, coming back to me later um, and kind of wanting to um, upgrade them, Tarsa Mishbach Observant. So we've done calendar together things like that and I always find that so like so inspirational um there was I, I was gonna share this later but it, it kind of fits here there was sure. a couple that we got to know very very well we're still you know we're we're very close to um they took we didn't land with them we kind of only met them quite close to their wedding um they took a Tarasa Mishpacha with them on book with them on honeymoon 
and kind of read it together and decided that yes, they were going to be keeping Taras Mishpacha. Now, I don't know if it was a misunderstanding or maybe this is what some people hold, but I think there was something with Friday night mikvah. They weren't Shaima Shabbos yet and they were maybe told like better to push it off or she didn't want to go in a car on Shabbos and kind of was like told, oh, it's okay to push off. And they were at our table one Friday night. We were talking very late into the night. And it's always like, I'm sure every color teacher has this dilemma. Sometimes like you want to share something, but you don't want to share personal things. And you kind of have to keep this like boundary of how much to share. But for some reason, we decided to share that one of my very first mikvah visits was on a Shabbos Yom Tov. And what we did, my husband walked me there and he waited around and then he walked me back. And then months later, and they've been married for a, a, a few, like two or three years, maybe at that point. Um, and months later, they shared with us that the next mikvah night, which was a Friday night, they did that. And she became mm. pregnant that night. Oh my goodness. So um, it was kind of like, okay, so I didn't, didn't do the wrong thing preparing that. Right. But, um, yeah, it was, you know, it, it's it's very beautiful to see people who are, you know, taking that step. And it's not something that they grew up with and around. Wow, that's really beautiful. Thank you. Okay, Michal. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you for sharing yeah. that story. That was beautiful. Um, okay, so I generally, generally only teach living Hasidus members. So usually it's girls that have been through our you know, either our programs are for bring-ins or classes or something like that. Um, I find that having that relationship beforehand really gives a much smoother and much more enjoyable um, situation in regards to like transmission of halacha and hashkafa. And they feel a lot more comfortable asking, you know, start, certain questions that they've mm -hmm. held on for so long that they've been nervous to speak to someone else. Um, and that allows the support and that, that, you know, that relationship to go even deeper. Um, I also really enjoy teaching living Hasidus members because they generally have a great, great chayas and they're, they're wanting to bring Hashem into their world. They're wanting to bring Hashem into all these aspects of their lives and they want to live, live according to the teachings of Hasidus. And most of them are so given over to working on themselves and you know really doing avaida in a in a really real and practical way. So I really I admire um, the living Hasidus members so much, and I'm so inspired by them. Um, they are generally in their 20s and their 30s, so that's usually what I'm dealing with. And most of them are local, so I get to teach in person. Um, I usually teach one on one, but there's if especially because sometimes they're friends and they get engaged at, you know, around the same time. So if there's friends um, that feel comfortable having that type of, you know, learning together, so then it's, it's happened and it's been really fun. They gained mm -hmm. so much and also their friendship bonds them. And um, that's so, so that's been, yeah, that's been really fun to have. It, it doesn't always happen, but it, it, it has happened. Um, and that said, I've made, I've definitely made a few exceptions and I've definitely taught 
here and there certain colors that I, you know, weren't part of the Mechsedes beforehand. So I, Baruch Hashem, I get that, that's close as well. Wow, thank you. Okay, so now we're going to go to how do your colors inspire you and do you have a story to share? I know that the two questions kind of merge, so it might overlap a little, but let's go. Okay, so in that first year that I gave way back then in uh, this, the neighborhood in Yoshalayim, um, she had two or three women. I think mainly they were both Sfardi, I think, that they were always keeping Taras HaMishpacha, but they came to review. And then I arrived to the part of uh, Shiva Nakim, and I was talking about that you do the five, the five, at least, at least the five, and then you see, and if you are clean, you start clean, you start, you start counting the seven. And, um, and one of them looked at me and she says, no, but that's what Sheva Nakim is to make sure that till the mikvah you are clean. Whatever. She was keeping Tars and Mishpacha, always thinking that, um, always doing half second day, day five, whatever it was. And, uh, and okay, she caught it now. Mm -hmm. Um, and that made me, gave me such a very, that was like the first thing, like how important, you never can be clear enough. You never, use the, use always, use the visuals, use, explain it from this way and then explain it also from the other way, just to make sure that everybody is very, very clear, that everything is really clear um, when it comes to halachas and anything, anything, it's always uh, like this. So that was my first, uh, that's the first story. Um, uh, and, and inspiring me, the, helping me to, to, to shape my way of the way of teaching. Um, another, another one, and as I think one of you mentioned it already, that uh, maybe the Bushi, that um, seeing them, how they go and they, seeing how they go and they take the next step. Mm -hmm. They learned something, they learned it, they, they practiced this for years. We are talking sometimes about real Chabad families. Something was unclear or something was not, they were not, it wasn't sitting well with them. And then they just went around it or something like this. And then once they got clarity with it, they go and they do it. It's, uh, it's, I find that it's very, it's, that's, it's unbelievable. Um, one of the women uh, in uh, Natanya, I, I taught the Shia the about sh sh Shiloh to Rav. And I try very hard to give also the practical ways of doing it and giving contacts and whatever it is. And then uh, uh, this is a family that they, they, they became Chabad. They were always closer to Chabad. They grew up in France. So over there, if you're from, so you're also connected to Chabad. But um, they first, they when they moved out as well, they first started out more with the Dati Lumi. And her, all of their older kids, all of their five older kids, continued their Chinuch, even though the parents got stronger, the kids felt more comfortable in Dati Lumi. So they, they didn't have yet bad children so to so to speak mm -hmm. and um 
And then after that year, then she comes and she shares with me, you know, uh, because of what, of the share you just gave, I went and I gave the vdika of, of, of the, of the hefzek to the rock. And I was able to go really a day or two earlier than what I usually go. And she had, she got pregnant with twins, wow. which are the first ones that went through the whole, the whole uh, Chabad system. And one of them uh, just got married also. Wow, so, that is so beautiful. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's wow. Thank you. That's really, really, really amazing. Wow. Okay, Deborah Sheep. Um, okay, so uh, I mentioned, I mentioned before that, like, in England, um, most colors will learn with the rabbi, the wife of the rabbi who's marrying them. So I, I don't know if anyone else knows that much about England, but in England, most people, um, most Jewish people belong to an Orthodox synagogue. There mm -hmm. is other denominations, but they're much more of a minority. Um, so like people are not necessarily observant, but they'll belong to an Orthodox show. Um, and now it's become like, I think in London as well, but for sure, like in the smaller communities, it's, you know, you're getting married, you go to mitzvah. It's like a, just a done thing. Everyone does it. Um, you know, whether they go again, that's, you know, that, that, that's where, <laughs> that's where my job, you know, comes in. Um, but it didn't always, it didn't always used to be the case. So, you know, when I see people whose mother didn't go to mikvah and their grandmother didn't go to mikvah ever, like not even before the wedding, and they don't only go before the wedding, but they take on Taras and Mishpacha properly, you know, that is just an amazing thing. It is mm -hmm. really, really, really special. Or, you know, people who aren't otherwise openly, you know, otherwise observant or, or particularly observant, they're not Shabbat Shabbos, they're not Shabbat and they're going to mikvah. Maybe not all the time, but, you know, they go sometimes. Um, a, a, bit of, a bit of history about Leeds, that in the early 19th century, the Rav here, the, there was, I don't know if he was the only Rav, but he was a Rav called Rabbi Deichus, and he was a very prominent Litvisha Rav, and he had some very controversial rulings on what makes a mikvah kosher. Mm. Um, and it was very controversial among the Rabbanim of the time. And as far as we know, there are no mainstream Rabbanim then or now who agree with him. Oh, but wow. he was in charge of the mikvahs here. Um, and other communities used to say that Leeds had was spiritually weak because of the mikveh issues. But Baruch Hashem, that's history. That's all changed. Um, there have been mikvahs in the past that were perfectly kosher. And the mikveh that we use now, um, the head shliach to Leeds, um, he spearheaded it. He was spearhead, he spearheaded the building of it. It's a Baruch Gabibar mikveh. And um, it was completed in 1993. It's been renovated since, but that is the mikvah that we use now. Mm. And, um, you know, so that's very special that even in a small community, we have a Baragabibar mikvah. Um, and it's also, there are people, what's also beautiful is there are people who might not go regularly to mikvah, but they'll make an effort when they're trying to get pregnant. 
And so we know of, you know, children in Leeds who are born, you know, in Tara, and it's, you know, it's very, very special and beautiful and um, inspiring. No, oh, thank you. Michal. Um, okay, so my calls, how do my calls inspire me? Um, Baruch Hashem, at Living Chassidus, we have a nice mix of both Bali Shiva and from, from birth girls. We have Crown Heitzers, we have out-of-towners, we have um, children of Bali Shiva. So I really, I really get the great skills of having a nice mix. And it's, it's such an inspiration to see through their approach towards their engagement and their approach towards um, towards Sarah that they really are working so hard to bring Hashem into every aspect of their lives. And now they have a new opportunity to bring Hashem into their marriage, which they've been waiting and they've been hoping and, you know, they've been so excited to get to this point and, and, and to bring Hashem into that, into that aspect of their lives is really one of the most beautiful things to see. Um, they work really hard also to, in a certain sense, connect the concept of Tarsa Meshbacha also with Shalom Bayis and to bring Hashem into their Shalom Bayis. And I do a lot of that level of connecting with them as well in regards to Shalom Bayis. Um, and being that I get that mix of both, I think some of the most incredible stories is when we see the Kalas through their inspiration and through their growth, many of them who are Bali Chova, that they then bring on in a loving and beautiful way, they bring on that inspiration to their mothers and some of them even to their grandmothers. And so on their wedding, the, you know, the night before their wedding, on their mikvah night, they get to also come and bring their mothers and grandmothers and they all get the title and it's a really emotional and beautiful and it's just you just feel the heavens open and all these incredible mm -hmm. women connecting through this one mitzvah it's just one wow. of the most incredible things I've, I've experienced um and yeah but but it's I, I really I admire I admire my colleagues I think many times we're where we think, you know, we're, there's shluchas is out there and sometimes shluchas is in here too. Crown Heights also needs that level of inspiration and that level of support. And, and I'm just, I'm so in awe by everybody's hard work to really take this mitzvah properly and seriously and bring Hashem into their lives in so many aspects of, you know, in this new aspect of their lives. Beautiful, thank you. Okay, so we're gonna end off with what is your vision for the future of Tahara Samarbaha? I guess the what I would like to see is that the same way that I was inspired with the shining eyes of my Kala teacher and with other other women around me when they talked about what what living a Tyra home means um, is gonna be should go to everyone, <laughs> everyone around us, everyone in the world, um, and the uh, I, I guess our role and it should, it's not only the role of the halachas of of Talas of Mishpocha, 
in the very like boxed way, mm -hmm. but to really see how this go this is this is part of our our wo womanly um, uh, task here in this world. Mm -hmm. Our womanly shluchos here in this world. Women are special. Women are able to give the continuation of of Amisoil, the continuation of of Binyan Amisoil, the whole thing, the whole the bring and the, which is really only the beginning of the or the core of making the the house the home of Hashem here in this world. So yeah. really being able to give it out, and we should be able to see how. This world becomes the home of Hashem, and then I don't know what's going to what if we'll be able to add the kolbanes into Talas of Mishpacha, <laughs> or if it'll be it's like this, or if it has to do with Tuman Tyra of uh, of of Beis Hamikdash also, or do we jump right away to Vesuah Hatuma Avir Mino Oretz? I don't know, but the, whatever it is, it should come quickly. Amen, amen. Thank you. Okay, so I, I wasn't quite sure what you meant by the question. I kind of took it to mean like my role in Tarasana. That's perfect. However you took it is perfect. Okay. So um, <laughs> I mentioned that we do a lot of work with young professionals and over the last six or seven years, our shlichus has morphed into doing a lot of work with children, which came from the young professionals, the ones who coming to our events originally started having children and then they needed, you know, and then we weren't seeing them because we couldn't invite them for Shabbos anymore and so we started a mommy like a parent and toddler group and then we started a, a Hebrew school and we started so there's a lot of a lot of my time and attention is kind of diverted from the adult realm to kind of the kids realm but this summer Merit Hashem we have a new couple coming um on Shluchus for Seekit wow. who are coming to Leeds, um, which is really, really exciting. That and is it so means exciting. That hopefully, <laughs> I'm going to have more time and more energy and more headspace um, to kind of focus back more on adults. Um, I'd like to do, and you know, at least another, you know, in the, in the near future, another large scale, um, beautiful Taras Mishbacha publicity event, to kind of like bring it into. Kind of public awareness again um, mm -hmm. to promote Taras Mishbacha. I want to be able to follow up with the colors that I've taught and encourage them to go again. I want to give refresher classes, which was something I was so nervous about that we had to do as part of the course, but now I just want to do it again. <laughs> um, I want to do it, you know, open it up for the women in my community who are keeping, um, mm -hmm. you know, Taras Mishbacha, but it, it's so important to um you know to refresh and to um and to review so yeah, yeah. that's what that's my goals amazing so what's funny about this question is that a big part of my vision for the future of Taras Mishpacha is already coming to reality that's incredible so, yes yeah, it's, it's like I really it's really when I saw this question I said okay these are all my lists and like Baruch Hashem, it's working out. So um, the first one is that all Yidin should be getting information about marriage, about intimacy, about Tarsa Meshpacha from kosher Torah sources. 
as we say, Terra Tziva This this is Terra, and this Terra belongs to every single Yid. And um, no one should feel that they need to go on Instagram or on you know other places to find mm-hmm. information about intimacy or find information about marriage. Um, and that Baruch Hashem is already coming to fruition through, for example, mikvah.org's incredible podcast and, you know, all their classes they have on their website, on their podcast. Um, also, thanks to Mrs. Morozov and um, Mrs. Rivka Flonim on their incredible book, um, Holy Intimacy. Mm-hmm. So now it's one thing I just like hand out to my colleagues and to even single single girls. I said, you don't you don't need to go anywhere else. This is your yeah. Tara. This belongs to you. Um, there was also my dream to, it is still my dream to help women feel comfortable speaking to a Rav. I, um, I see a lot of misconceptions, a lot of fear, a lot of, um, issues that come up mainly because of this disconnect between women or even men. Sometimes I've, I've, my, I've helped my husband help others to, you know, really get comfortable speaking to a Rav. They're not scary. They don't bite. They're wonderful people. And most of them have really great, we, we as college teachers jokes, you know, that they have really great bedside manner. They treat, you know, <laughs> they treat their callers nicely. Um, so I do a lot of training in that in regards to, um, I, I help single girls. I sit down with them and we call the Rav, even for like a small Kasha Shaila in their new apartment. I sit down and we, you know, we, I've helped a lot of people coach them through that. Um, but also, I want to give a big shout out to my fellow Kala teachers who have organized Rav Kasimov here in Crown Heights. He has been an incredible, incredible source of comfort for many women who feel that they now have a Rav that they can feel comfortable speaking to and, you know, WhatsApping or texting or bringing their Shilas to. So that was one of my dreams that's already coming to fruition. Um, and I really... I think the greatest extent of this is really making Tarsa Mishpacha a not scary topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't come with fear. It shouldn't come with, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, can't touch my husband. This is so horrible. This is so, there's like a lot of undercurrent discomfort and fear. And and um, my my work, my job here and all of our jobs here, I think is to, make this mitzvah available and beautiful for everyone, no matter what stage in life they are, no matter what, you know, what background they come from. And I think that's, that's our goal. And that's what we're working so hard. And I want to give a big shout out again to mikvah.org for all their incredible work to make that happen. I think over the last five years, since I graduated, it's, it has completely changed and it has opened up a, a whole new wellspring um, of information for women that make it easy and accessible and less scary and intimidating. And as I said in the beginning, this is our Yerusha. This is this this is Tara, and this belongs to every single woman mm-hmm. and every single yid. And that's what we're doing. So thank you, and a thank you to each one of the teachers. It was so great getting to know you guys. Yes, thank you all for being here. Thank you so so much. That was really really beautiful. That was really inspiring. So thank you all, and may we all meet soon together with Mashiach. Amen. 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 Right now. Right now. Yes. Amen. All right. Have a gay one. We hope you enjoyed today's recording. Please take a moment to leave a rating or a review to help others find the podcast. 
We welcome you to support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. For feedback, please email podcast at mikvah.org. Have a wonderful day.